Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community weekly podcast Brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and Ahmed Al-Hamamsi from Middle East Our global S&OP community podcast mission is to build a global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world Where everyone's voice could be heard and listened Every week we host a new episode with great thought leader in the S&OP industry. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could open up the light in the screen of your consciousness and you'll never be the same again. We discuss hot and trending topics with our subject matter experts by asking the right questions that uncover their valuable experience in our show. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.com .co Stay tuned every week with our global S&OP community podcast. Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community, episode number seven. And as usual, we have a very special guest with a unique topic that touches a pain in many organizations today. Before we start, may I ask you, as usual, can you tell us where are you from and what is the weather at your end right now? I'm currently in Riyadh and the weather is almost 35 degrees. So uh, I'll be trying to get you response right now. I know that there is a delay of 20 seconds here, but let me restress in our mission of the global S&OP community. Our global S&OP community is to build a global S&OP community around the world from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales, and finance, where is every one voice could be listened and heard. The knowledge that you have it with our community, I believe it's a knowledge that you will never find it in books. Every Sunday, we host a thought leader from our industry to share experience, stories, and knowledge inside the S&OP. Uh, well, I see now people start to come in. Our friend, Muhammad Balta. These, <laughs> thank you, brother. Thank you for being here today. Hatis, marhaba. Great to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Our lovely friend, Mu'taz. Hi, Ahmed. Great to see you, brother. Thank you for tuning in. We have Ibrahim. Great to see you, Ibrahim. Thank you so much. We have also Ervind from India. Great to see you also, brother. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our friend, uh, Yusuf from Morocco. Jubal Francais, et toi? Great to see you, Yusuf. Thank you so much for being here. Our friend Abdurrahman from Jeddah, great to see you also, brother. Thank you so much. Coming back to our topic today is considered, as I see it, it's one of the most important subjects in, inside most organizations, especially when it comes to the expansion and the growth for the top and bottom lines, which is how to build a successful innovations in the marketplace. The companies that are not innovating will not last, I believe, for a long time in the marketplace. And last week, I have uh, read an article from Nielsen uh, about the success rate of the innovation inside the marketplace. And can you imagine I, the success rate for most innovation is 0.14% as a success rate from innovations inside FMCG companies around the world based on Nielsen data. Can you imagine it's only 0.14%? It's not only 14%, 0.14%. 
I think it's something worth a discussion and debate today. That's why we need your engagement with us by asking uh, as many as uh, questions, whatever in your mind, so we will be, uh, be able to cater for and engage together. The interesting thing that uh, is that today we have a great leader in, in the industry, not only covering this topic from marketing or trade marketing or even finance, a financial point of view, he is taking it all over 360 degrees. Uh, so I want you to bring your popcorn, your coffee, and enjoy the discussion, this amazing discussion today. So may I ask you to welcome with me our friend and our guest today. But before I go, please let me I do something before the introduction. <clears throat> Mohammed Shuhaib, great to see you today. Mr. Ahmed, how are you doing? Everything is good. How's everything at your end? Alhamdulillah, Eid Mubarak. Eid Mubarak to everyone. Eid to everyone. Mohammed, uh, if you don't mind, can you please share a little bit about your experience and about your amazing story inside the corporation? Uh, first, thank you, Ahmed, for this uh, beautiful show, actually, the SNOP community. It's really adding value even to myself. So uh, I'm following it episode by episode and it really means a lot. So uh, rather than looking at financial perspective or looking at trying to look at the other perspectives of the business, it's really adding value to myself, uh, to be honest about this. So uh, introducing myself, I'm Hamad Shuhayeb. I'm currently uh, based in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. And the weather is nice in Jeddah, by the way. It's not as hot as in Riyadh. <laughs> Uh, been in the finance industry for almost eight, nine years right now, and uh, been in different kind of regions within the North Africa and Middle East. So been doing a couple of roles in uh, Egypt, a couple of roles in Levant, in uh, basically in Beirut and Levant countries, and then moved to Saudi Arabia for a new stint. So um, here I am, just learned a lot of values, honestly, uh, on a personal level from different people, from different positions, different uh, business cases and so on. So I'm happy to share uh, today on this amazing topic. I think that we have a lot to be discussed today and I think all people are on fire because this is one of the discussion. Uh, it's compelling today. Uh, you know, uh, as I, I as the introduction that I started with today, it's 0.14% was yeah. success rate inside the consumer goods industry. And there are many, many, many factors inside that. And uh, I believe that we'll have too much, too many debates and uh, argument about this discussion today because it's very compelling. So the first thing that I want to ask you from your experience, what are the different types of innovations in, in the, the, the consumer goods industry from your experience? Sure. Um, honestly, there is a kind of uh, scientific uh, explanation or definition for the innovations, like four or five types out of them, like the disruptive innovation, the architectural uh, innovation, the radical, etc. But I will take it to another level, honestly, because I want to speak the language of business, the day-to-day -day business we're discussing getting out of the books and getting into the real life. Yes, please. Look at the FMCG specifically. Let's assume that you have some products on shelf and you are facing a different kind of issues in the market. I'll tell you how the issue is that your competition, for example, is introducing a new SKU or a new kind of variant and you don't have it listed in your uh, portfolio. So the first type of innovation is to follow the market and introduce the same value in order to eat part of the market. So that's just following the market with the new trend, for example. A second type of innovation is that, like, let's, I'm, I'm breaking them into two to make it easy and simple. Yeah. The second is to make something totally new that is not even there in the market. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, uh, Apple, when they started thinking outside the box, introducing the iPad, introducing the Apple Watch, etc., etc. So they think totally thinking outside the box. There is no competition in this specific area. It's a white space for them. They're putting a lot of risk, a lot of investment, and they're taking the risk in order to make something, make something different. So from my point of view, it's you either follow that is something that trendy everyone is doing, or introduce something that is completely new and take the risk. Those are the main two types of innovations. Currently. Perfect, Mohammed. Yes. Third one, quick one. It's not a kind of innovation, but let's assume, for example, that you're having uh, some variants or SKUs in the current range, and you mm. want to innovate, like change the formula, change the packaging, change the <laughs> item, etc., etc., to introduce the brand in a different kind of manner. 
So those are maybe the two different kind of innovations. And the third one, which I call it relaunch or a re-innovation. I, I love what you said, but one thing that came into my mind here, it's I believe the innovation should be um, coming from the source of the innovation should be coming from the marketplace. And I love what you said that there are three three things that either you follow the competition and I believe it's not something bad uh, that you, you can like create uh, one of the seg segments, new segments in the market. And this is this you create a new innovation. So you follow and you can do better even than the competition itself. So you can enter late in this variant, but you can do better with your techniques yeah. and technology, of course. Exactly. The I believe most innovations that are companies that they innovate to the marketplace, they are finding, as you said, the opportunities in the market itself yeah. and listen to their consumer, what their needs, what are the values that they want to receive on that. And based on that, they create a brand or they create a product itself. Following, it's not a bad technique, but what I'm saying that the, the, the companies that are innovating rightly, that they're listening to the consumer and act accordingly based on that. Yeah. So we'll come back into our uh, amazing audience again. So we have uh, our friends. We have our friend uh, Adi Cornell. Uh, he's from London. Thank you, brother, for tuning in. We have LinkedIn user. I'm, I'm not sure how it's not appearing, but anyway, thank you for tuning in. We have our friend and our brother, uh, Aftab. He's saying hi. Great to see you. Hello. Great to see you. Our lovely uh, brother, Shahid. Hello. You're smashing it, brother. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have our also brother, Mohidol. Assalamu alaikum, alaikum salam. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, just please, guys, we have a long day today. Let us know if you have any kind of questions related to the innovations so we'll be able to answer. I know that uh, there are a lot of uh, comments, so I will be, I'll try to jump in into the, the questions to, uh, to save the time for the episode itself and try to get more values as we can. Okay, so Mohammed, the second question, I think this is a very compelling question. Yeah. Which is how to invest behind the innovation? How you're investing from the trade perspective? So it's a very, very, very big question, actually, and the most important one, honestly. So uh, I want to just focus on one thing to differentiate between investing and promoting. Because when usually when we hear the word investing, it means that we're just pouring money in the market and just promoting <laughs> heavily on a certain SQ, which is something it's not reasonable. Mm. So to get a step back, actually, and start with innovation, mm. as you said, you see a, a kind of demand in the market, actually, and you want to grab the opportunity and introduce a product in order to fulfill this demand. Okay. So first of all, what's logically to be done is create the loyalty with the consumer. So the mm. consumer, he feels that you as a company have, have in, or has introduced this product that he was looking for, you will start building the loyalty. Mm. So first of all, you should not be going heavily on promotion in order to just grab the attention of the consumer. If you're doing the right product, if you're positioning it right on shelf, if you're doing the right technology, the right packaging, the right message, the right purpose, the consumer automatically will go and grab it off shelf. Something that is ABC trademark. So this is the first thing to differentiate between investing and profit. So how to invest in market? Let's assume that the investment is how to push the product on shelf. So first of all, you should be giving the right attention to the innovation in store, like doing a big bank in store, doing a kind of event, for example, off shelf displays, a kind of different gondolas, uh, different uh, balloons, banners, etc. That you're introducing a new product into the market and you're doing something crazy that everyone should be proud of. And all the consumers should be happy that this product is now on shelf. This is the first thing. Second thing is to agree with the kind of retail customer that with this introduction to give the right focus or put it clearly, for example, in the commercial contract between you and the customer. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I want this focus, I want this event, I want those gondolas. So I'm, I'm, I'm having the proper investment behind the innovation. And again, investing into the manpower. So I'm, I'm, I, I should be giving the right message to my team 
specifically the merchandising team, for example, in store, how to place it and uh, agree with the shopper marketing, how to give the right visibility for this product to be eye-catchy. So whenever you're getting into a new brand, a branch, for example, of a certain customer, you mm-hmm. literally absorb the idea that there's something happening. This is how the right investment should, I know it's a very vague kind of an answer and it will we'll get into the more details uh, as we go. But the thing is that how to make the right big bank to investing with the customer, how to push. And second thing, give the right attention in store and use my tools in order to make it obvious to the audience and to the consumer, of course. Very good one, Hamad. Um, uh, I believe that most companies, they lose the track in, and the laser focus once they launch the innovation. And uh, I believe that uh, this is this this kind of things comes back to the leadership, the quality of leadership in the organization itself, because uh, I believe most innovations and the, the success rate is very low of the innovations because one thing that uh, people or the leadership, they are looking into managing the P&L, not managing the business not managing the business, how it looks like. Uh, what what do we need to have? I'm saying in the B2B businesses, trying to push sell in as much as we can or just trying to ship from our, whatever the distribution model we're using, from our factory to the distributor and from distributor to the retailer. So by this way, you will be able to uh, achieve some financial challenges. But the game here, it's, it's all about uh, what is the performance of the the innovation itself how it looks like from um, i would say sell out point of view because this is the in the end uh, point or touch point from the consumer or the shopper point of view this is the game that how they should they should look into it not only just managing pnl because everyone can manage pnl pushing i can go and make a, a fancy trade story with the, the my my retailer and the distributor brief i can do all of this but again if the customer my point of view if the customer doesn't he, he will have this kind of customer experience with you that your inno- innovations that you are giving some story and you are not fulfilling it i will have a bad experience and that i will not i will not buy more and more innovations from you this is this one of the things that i feel it doesn't make sense in the marketplace right now Yes. To comment on this, actually, uh, you have to differentiate between two things because usually most of the management teams in different companies, they don't focus on this. What is your core kind of range and what are your innovations? So again, you don't mix between them, actually, like doing the same kind of investment, doing the same kind of visibility, doing the same kind of push in stores. No, actually, you should be differentiating between core and the innovation. As we said, we should be giving the right focus to the innovation. So second thing, actually, as you said, we should be building the right story. At the same time, it should be touching the consumer. So the first thing from my point of view that we should be doing specifically if we're doing a whole new range or a whole new variant is to do the right sampling in store. Because remember in Egypt, for example, when you used to have those small sticks with the most small pieces of burger, etc. Because they didn't have a new variant, for example. So the same thing should be happening if introducing, for example, a, a new cream, a new variant in the food section, a new sandwich, a new kind of bread. You should be doing the sampling because, first of all, you will grab the attention. Second thing, if you are really investing behind the quality of your product and you really believe in your product, of course, it will fly off shelf. Yeah, so this is yeah. the first thing you should be focusing on. And as you said, again, getting into the PML only and not looking at the performance in market, it's not right. Because again, your PML is something and managing the data and for me, some data crunching, see how the market has reacted to this innovation versus mm. competition, for example, uh, how the core is shrinking or it's actually increasing versus the innovation. What is the trend of your sell in versus the off shelf, uh, the shelf of take, etc. So we're focusing sometimes, most of the companies are focusing basically on internal management of the numbers and not mm-hmm. waiting for the right off-peak to happen. So they get afraid of the high stock <laughs> they have and they go promote right away. So yeah. they don't need to build the loyalty with the consumer itself. Yeah, because I believe also one of the things it's the resonating message. Don't expect that when you put the, maybe you will convince the, the retailer that he will have this uh, SQs or the innovation in your, your shelf. But at the end of the day, what is the message 
and the values that you, you convey to your uh, consumer or the shopper because if if I, I i don't have the resonating message that is aligned with the values of the brand itself i will not be able to take it from the shelf even if you give the thousands of promotions intensity itself so you have to understand uh, and this is the game of the marketing how you will convey the right message with the right value so that consumer the shopper will be able to have the takeoff from the shelf itself so coming back to our friends sure so we have ahmad qabil great to see you ahmad great to see you brother thank you so much we have our friend uh, henry interesting great to see you brother thank you so much for tuning in we have our brother islam abid thank you nice to see you again ahmad great to see you brother thank you so much we have uh, a Taylor bus. Thank you for tuning in. Our friend uh, Iqbal uh, is tuning in. Hello, great to see you. Thank you so much for being here today. Also, we have uh, Muhammad Saif uh, tuning in. Thank you so much, Muhammad. NG uh, is saying great job, Muhammad. Super insightful. Thank you so much for being and tuning in, NG. Great to see you today. We have our friend, the Shaikh. Hi, Ahmed Khaled. Great to see you, brother. Thank you so much. I think that we have the first question coming in from Abdurrahman Ramli. He's asking what three innovations. I think that he was speaking on the three kind of innovations that you spoke about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Muhammad. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So briefly, again, quickly. So the three kind of innovations. So either that uh, the competition, for example, introduced a new variant and you're innovating internally in your own company in order to introduce a similar product or a similar range but at a better quality or introducing something that is totally new to the market it's never been there and you're taking the risks actually risk to lead the market and introduce something new or simply that you're having a current range that is already on shelf but you're taking it off shelf and reintroducing it with a new packaging new formula or a new quality okay thank you Mohammed. hope that we answered you Abdul Rahman. Our friend Shay Lynch. Hey guys, great to see you, brother. The second question came from our friend and our brother Ahmad Khalaf. He's asking, hello, uh, where the lean stands with S and OP? I, I love this question. I think he's uh, speaking about lean manufacturing with S and OP. Let me, I, I will try to answer it in a very simple way, uh, Ahmad. I believe lean, it's, it's all about how you can eliminate waste, the, 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 the waste in all the resources, in terms of money, in terms of uh, uh, people, in terms of effort, in terms of time, all of this should be embedded in the S&OP because at the end of the day, I'll tell you one of the, um, uh, I would say, output of, from the S&OP, it's how many hours you're spending it in the, the S&OP and what are the outputs that the deliverables of for this and op so uh, getting this into consideration like the agendas like the meetings how 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 long time you spend inside the s and op uh, versus the deliverables itself i think it's kind of lean manufacturing and tpm even wcm they they're, they're just aiming to the same uh, concept in the s and op so just eliminating all the wastes or uh, all the uh, um, non-value adding activities in the sales and operation planning. I believe this is also one of the uh, aims inside S&OP. I hope that ans I answered your question, Ahmed. So uh, I will I will just move into the second uh, question. Guys, so excuse me because the time constraint, I will jump into questions quickly, okay? So next question from our, from our uh, friend Said. He's asking, what do you think about the consumer digital transformation in our days? Okay, so it's a very interesting question, actually, and it goes with innovation with more and all the products you have on shelf. So the digital transformation, I would actually break it into two, how you look at it as a consumer. So first of all, the consumer actually is doing a major kind of shopping right now online, uh, through yeah. the applications, through the websites, etc. Yeah. So how to be in the right place, as much as we do, we're doing an effort, for example, Xtory should be doing the same effort online, to be present for the consumer with the right kind of search uh, words for your products, the right uh, media, the advertisement on the applications and website to be visible for the uh, for the consumer and actually attract and drive more sales. 
and the second thing would be for the company itself or for the fmcg company itself that the digital transformation as much as it's hard in the beginning as much it's very fulfilling because again you will be having the right data on hand because mm-hmm. now most of the websites for example you're dealing with and you, you the first thing you do is you're accepting cookies in the website cookies means data so people actually will go and grab all this data and they will go sell it to the companies again in order to do some data crunching and serve you even better so as a company i should be in doing my best to reach the consumer and again whenever my message reached the consumer i should be asking for this data back to crunch and then go and enhance my process etc etc so it's not an easy task but the thing is that the world now is moving since we're having the issue for example of covid and this pandemic we had everyone is shifting to online shopping it's it has massively grown up versus last year and even will grow even larger so how to be present as much as an in-store to be online yeah i see also muhammad that many companies even in the b2b uh, industry they try to uh, uh, create one uh, a new channel which is the e-commerce because they see that it, it's trending however the, the cost of uh, doing this e-commerce from scratch i believe it could be like negative roi maybe it's a negative margin for for the e-commerce as a startup but uh, we have to understand that the uh, consumer behavior and shopper behavior and even the profile of the shoppers and the uh, consumers online start to shift from uh, and uh, i would say offline retail into online retail which is something that should almost most most organization they should move into that however one of the obstacles as i said that the cost of doing a business in e-commerce as a startup it could be like a negative margin but it's a must because the trend of of the consumer is going up and going up and it's growing massively that exactly. point yes thank you muhammad i will jump into uh, the next question our friend Ahmad Kabir is saying surprised with this low success rate. Yeah, Ahmad, I will share with you. It's 0.14%. I share with you the article from Nielsen. Our friend Rahaf, she's asking, um, how can you determine and be sure that the new innovation is a flop launch? <laughs> it's not easy question. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is that um, monitoring the innovation itself is not an easy thing. So first of all, you should be looking at how the innovation is performing. So time on time, you should be gathering data. I know it's not easy in, in, the, in the beginning, actually, but you should be collecting the right data whenever it happens, like on a three months span, six months span, one year span, etc. So again, after gathering this kind of, uh, of, of data, you should be understanding how the innovation is performing versus competition, first of all, because, for example, you had a targeted variant that you want to, to compete in versus the competition you're having. Or the the new kind of innovation that wasn't there before, how the consumer is reacting against it. And is it flying off shelf or not? And again, flying off shelf, you should be thinking about the lean SNOP, as you said, Ahmed. And that I should not be overstocked to create business waste, for example, and not understock that I'm launching something new. Uh, we, we, we see it a lot in, in market, actually, that new products are being introduced and then all of a sudden they go out of stock because the right forecast was not put in place. So again, how to monitor it is, first of all, read the data, market shares, how the sellout is performing, how the shelf is performing. And second thing versus competition, third thing versus your own forecast, because you have put, for example, a certain forecast for this innovation. How is it being performing versus I know I'm getting into the PNL kind of management, but you should be monitoring, of course. Is it picking up in the right time or it's being a bit slow or it's too fast that I'm not able to uh, fulfill the demand as quick as possible? So this is how you, you focus on how to the kind of innovation. Yes. May I, I say, I just add something here, Muhammad, also to Rahaf. Uh, I believe I will say just once, it's if you are asking how can you determine and be sure that the new innovation is a flop launch, I believe it's all about, again, I stress on that point, it's all about leadership. So managing PL will not serve the company or not fulfill the company that, to the right place or sustainable innovation so this kind of if mentality of leadership when they just need to see a proper PL or a, a specific margins for a specific innovations that overcome all kind of i don't want to say integrity 
or just with the, asking the right questions. This is the aim of leadership. Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you the game, what's happening here. So we have the sales, right? The top line sales. We, what is that? Uh, the, the, the variables inside the top line sales, which is volume multiplied by value. Let's start by the value. The value itself is the pricing. So the first uh, question that you need to ask yourself at this point, what is the price index? Of, uh, of the market itself and how how much I will position my price over uh, over and above or below the price index of the market and if it's over why it will be over if I if I cannot or if the marketeer is not able to fulfill or just to answer why I will have position this over and above the price index because of the value of the brands I'm telling you this will not fulfill the the the, the, the innovation itself to the right place this is related to the price so asking the right questions in terms of pricing the second one it's price multiplied the volume right so the volume it depends on many things one of the things it's the market capacity the market capacity in this segment of the innovation itself so let's let's say for instance i have a market capacity of uh, let's say 2 million or 10 million uh, inside the total total national level or geographic of the company itself and uh, I would position myself based on the distribution or based on uh, the buildup of the customer itself. I, I'll, I'll say that I will take like market share of 30%. So how you will build up these volumes from the customer uh, side and how you will have the right trade story that will convince them to raise the orders at this point. This from the, I would say top line sales, which is the volume and the value itself, top line sales. The second thing which is very 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 essential on that point which is i would say the promotions as muhammad said before the promotions itself i had a specific promotions for this category allocated for these innovations and if i don't put the laser focus in these promotions to get out from the shelf itself i'm telling you if something happened uh, if you remember muhammad last time that you said if you have a budget cut the, the first thing that you'll cut it's anything in the tail and most innovation in the beginning of the startup startup itself it's a, it be considered as the tail so i will focus on my core sqs so any budget cut will kill the innovation itself if you don't put the laser focus so this i would say three things at the beginning of the development stage if it's not positioned rightly i'm telling you this innovation will be out of the market just give it like six months out of that and it will be not moving from the shelf itself and will be out of the market i hope that i answered you we answered your question because the success of the innovation comes from something that is not materialistic or quantifiable actually which is the quality and by quality i mean relationship with the customer because we hear a lot for example that some companies are are not able to launch their innovations because the customers are not accepting them because they have a bad history for example with a certain company that whenever they're introducing an innovation they're not doing the right push or the right focus mm -hmm. on them so they just go and simply said i don't want this innovation go and list it somewhere else so we hear a lot about these things and from a lot of companies in the, the market and in the field actually so one this is not something quantity quantitative it's not a quantity but it's a quality that you as a company how we are introducing the innovations and how the customers before the consumers are accepting your innovations yeah, yeah yeah it's not easy especially the placement and i think that we will have a discussion on the placement itself because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's one of the compelling questions but let's let's move after uh we have our friend Noah. Great discussion. Keep the good work. Thank you, uh, Noah, for tuning in. The next question from our friend Abdurrahman again. He is asking, "What is the cost of innovation?" So it's a very good question. The thing is that we cannot specify actually what is the cost of innovation, but we can list down what are the elements needed in order to land an innovation. So first of all. The innovation will start into a brainstorming kind of a session. The brainstorming will have no cost for the internal uh, team in the, in the company. And you're brainstorming all together. And then choose the demand, choose the white space you will tackle on, how you will get yourself into the market, and then start planning. So some companies, for example, they ask the help of a, of a third party in order to help in the, in the planning phase. Like, mm. for example, if you're introducing something technological, you want someone to test the product, introduce a new CPU chip, etc. So the kind of planning and the kind of testing, this is the one of the biggest budgets you're pushing in. 
again, it's not the promotion, it's not the commercial contract. It's mm. mainly how you're investing behind the product. So, for example, the research and development oh, kind of yes. So, again, testing, research and development, starting the planning either internally, which has which will, will have no cost, maybe a project manager from a, from a, from a, from a person in your company, or you will go to a third party, which should be an incremental uh, cost. And then after these two, which from my point of view, the most important thing, the, the R&D, will come the cost of the product itself. For example, mm-hmm. uh, the packaging material, the raw material, the cost of production. If mm-hmm. I'm advancing a new line in the factory, if I'm again, if I'm doing a contract with a third party in order to produce this product, if I'm distributing this product myself, and again later, what is the kind of contract I'm paying to the to the customer in order to land this innovation on shelf? So it starts from the R and D, and then goes to the production goes to the warehousing, goes to the raw and packaging material, and then how I'm spending behind this brand in terms of advertisement and in terms of contracts, and later on in the future, maybe promoting if it's needed. Yeah, I like this, Mohammed. And one thing also came into my mind <laughs> at this point, if we are with a success rate of 0.14%, does it make sense to invest all of these resources and time behind having these innovations and unfortunately it went out of the marketplace i think this is should be taken seriously from the leadership uh, positions inside the organization and they need to have the laser focus on that point what was the pre-innovations builder and what is the post-innovations i would say performance and why there is a variance on a customer level on the builder what is the challenge maybe i have distribution issue maybe i have a price variance maybe i didn't give the right promotions on that point this kind of question should be asked at, at this point because these things it's it, it maybe it's, it's it's not uh tangible but it should be asked in order to have uh, the innovation to be sustainable in the marketplace so right. we have we have uh, the next question I don't know LinkedIn user, so uh, there is some technical challenge, but I will uh, I will say what uh, he's asking. We have noticed some NBDs laughing in some companies affected uh, on the current Hero SQ's cannibalization due to many reasons. How to avoid it? <laughs> I like this question. So uh, if you're talking about cannibalization, it's something that it depends, again, as Ahmed said, on the management, because what is the thing that you want to do? How the management want to react with this innovation? So I will get back into a certain point is that we really believe in the innovation or not. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Are we introducing an innovation in, in the market because we have a very good idea that we want to tackle and we want to introduce ourselves in this market? Or just to fulfill our PNL, that I'm just opening up that uh, I'm, I'm getting the target of this year because I'm achieving my innovations. So how the management is reacting against this? And again, coming to the cannibalization part in the market, if you're introducing, for example, a kind of a new variant in an already existing uh, range, of course, there will be a cannibalization from the other variants or the other SQs, of course, because it, like for example the kind of uh, floor soaps for example you might be introducing different uh, essences in, in for the house so of course a cannibalization will happen but the cannibalization will not happen if you're introducing a whole new product to the market that it has a very specific uh, segmentation a very specific yes. segment that really wants to consume this product so yes. assume segment a and b will still consume your product which is a and b from core and segment C will totally consume your product C. So in this case, there will no, there, there, there's no cannibalization action. So it depends. What is the purpose of the innovation? How the leadership is is, 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 uh, is landing the innovation on shelf? How they want to push it? They want to eat from the current variants and taking some variants out and introducing new ones? Or this is something totally new that they're looking for the specific segment in order to consume this product? Yes. Uh... I believe also uh, cannibalization will happen uh, at any any time uh, point of time because if we go back to the downstream and uh, you will see that we have most companies they have a fixed share of shelf. Let's let's have the let's let's know the, based on the market share uh, of of the company itself. So 
but at a certain point of time you have a number of SQs in terms of face and depth on the shelf itself i'm talking in the in, in, in the, the industry of uh, fmcg so in order to uh, just put, as you said, if it's an existing segment in the market itself and in the same category itself, it will cannibalize from the current SQs, which is something we have to admit. So the game here, it's how you, based on the planogram and based on the, 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 the offtake of the SQs in the stores and the customer uh, itself, how you will be able to cannibalize from the, uh, the, I would say that C-class or the SQs that have a lower offtake. Maybe I have two face and uh, two uh, depth. So I will have one face and one depth. So I will make sure that I have one SQ. So these kind of things, it should be, uh, I would say, uh, uh, collaborated in the organization itself, the category team also. Yeah. yeah. Something else, Ahmed, that is really important from the shelf perspective, that since you don't have the right space on shelf because of the limited, for example, market share, how you're counting on the extra investment you're pushing with the customer to have like extra floor display, extra gondolas, extra visibility in the, in the, mm -hmm. in the store themselves in order to position the product. And then later on, automatically, you will have a specific market share for this product standalone. So rather than having your, your 30, 40 percent, you will have another 10 percent because of this product is performing well. So you should be pushing it before any. Yes, of course, you might be change the facing of your category, the facing of your brand, but push in store in order to grab market share and automatically it will translate on page. So yes. you'll find yourself giving the right and the same facing, same as it was. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Mohammed. We'll jump into, uh, we hope that ans we answered you. I don't know who is LinkedIn user, but we. I hope that we answered you. Uh, uh, we'll jump into the next question. It's also LinkedIn user. I don't know why it's not appearing, but the question is, what is the role of digital marketing team in launching NPDs? Okay, so um, this is a very specific question, actually. And, uh, the thing is that I don't want to be that specific whenever we're discussing innovation because digital marketing team, I usually take it as part of the whole marketing team. So first of all, rather than before introducing the market online, offline, in store, on application whatsoever, the whole marketing team, which is part of the leadership of the company, should be understanding how I want to position this innovation and what is the purpose of this innovation and then within the marketing team i will be splitting the work there's a focus that will happen in store through the shopper marketing through the trade marketing etc and there's some work that will be happening through the digital marketing digital marketing again should be focusing on new things because what are the opportunities that you can be grabbing on a certain application for example or a website for example, the space on the right on the and the left on a certain website, those places actually can be rented from the website owner. Mm -hmm. So you say that you'll be putting your advertisement, for example, you'll be putting like a, a kind of GIF banner or something that the product is uh, shuffling, moving whatsoever, fading, etc. So digital mm -hmm. marketing comes here that how to grab the opportunity to put myself rightly on the website and rightly on the application. Second thing is that Digital is not only website, you should be looking at Instagram, for example, to social media, Facebook, etc. And you should be taking it differently that how you're positioning the product in terms of, for example, the keywords you'll be using in order to search for the product. Are the keywords easy? So whenever as a, as a consumer or as a shopper, I'm writing very simple keywords, I will get your product as the first product or second product in the list or not. Am I doing the right agreement with the website provider that mm -hmm. my product should be listed, it should be trusted, it should be getting the best seller uh, badge, etc. So digital marketing is again part of the marketing team, but if they are not aligned on the strategy that we want to follow from the total marketing, let's say leadership, again, digital marketing will not have a solid or a core job to introduce this new launch. Thank you, uh, Shuhaib. We'll jump into the next question from our uh, friend Darwin. He's, uh, he's saying 0.14% is based on which data, Nielsen, and is there category breakdown? Yes, brother, I, I would, if you can drop me a direct message after this uh, live, I will share with you the article. If I do remember, there was like um, a launch of 16,000 uh, innovations, 16,000 something, and the 
the successful innovations out of this was something around 23 innovations. This is something that uh, I don't know, but I will share with you the breakdown. It's all uh, across all the multinational companies and FMCG sector. So please, if you can direct message me after this uh, live. Thank you for your question. So uh, I will move into the next question from our friend, Mr. Dominique. So uh, uh, he's asking, how do you decide a strategic price index or actual price index of NPI versus competition despite the challenges in the market? It's a very, very interesting question. <laughs> yes. one, of, one of my favorite questions, honestly. So again, the SPI or the API, it's something based on the internal agreement of the company itself because they see themselves that they should be performing at this price versus competition if you're introducing something new but let me ask you a very simple question each and every iphone is more expensive than the previous one and you will go and buy it so they know they they are totally sure of the quality of their product they're positioning themselves rightly in market they know that you want the new iphone so if they put it at one thousand dollars two thousand dollars you will still go buy on this iphone some people will not buy the new iPhone because they know it's not different than the other, blah, blah, blah. But most of the people, they go and grab the new one despite Value. it's more expensive than the previous mm. ones. So it depends on the strategy. Should I position myself as a bit higher than the core, for example, if I'm having like the same kind of product but a new variant, should I be more expensive slightly than the core? That's the question mm. we're asking ourselves. How to position myself versus the competition? Again, do I want to be more expensive because I'm offering a very premium quality? Or I know that my quality is not very different, but I want to grab an opportunity because I am I'm, 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 I'm serving the purpose. I'm actually fulfilling the demand because I have more production capacity, etc. So this API, SPI, it depends. Some of the companies, they might be having a total SPI on the whole globe. Some, some are having SPI by region, some are having SPI by country. Depends. But again, introducing a new market, a new product in the market, yes, it's challenging. But if you're 100% sure that you've done your job, you're doing the right purpose, the right message, and you're blending the right product, put it at any price and it will fly off shelf. Of course, yeah. again, yeah. like the iPhone kind of example. Yes, and I keep saying it, it's all about the message that you will be able to cater for your consumer because what, how you position your price it depends on the message and the values of the brand. And if the message is not conveyed rightly to, the, uh, to uh, the, your consumer or your audience, I'm telling you that the, the payback on that, you will pay too much promotions, which is because maybe you, you position your price above the index, which is, was not resonating to the values or the message that you should convey. It, and it will bleed. Yes, it will bleed a lot from uh, the your trade market investment uh, uh, too much. And at this point, again, you will lose focus or track. So the game is all about how you position your, your, the right price versus the values itself. Hope that we answered your question, Mr. Dominique. The next question, it's a long one, but I will try to make it short. So our friend, Mohamed Madani, is asking, one critical department about success aspiration of an NBD is the market research that tackles the consumer habits, segmentation, likability, and potential. And this is uh, usually uh, being minimized, especially because the amount of money required to be sent. If you allow me, I will uh, minimize, especially because the amount of uh, re money required to be sent in many stages like design, recipe and promotion slots. Do you agree on this? Yeah, I totally agree on this, actually, but it depends how you're reacting to the market, first of all, and how you're using your investment. Are you getting the right ROI behind your investment or not? Because some people, they're already establishing a right kind of factory, so it will accommodate, for example, like coffee. If you're introducing a new flavor, for example, they are ready with their machines that whenever they sense that the market is seeking or targeting a new flavor, they will be ready and introducing those kind of, uh, like the capsules, for example, of espresso. Mm. So again, they changed the whole idea behind the coffee. They changed the whole idea about the consumption of coffee because they introduced the first the new machine. Everybody was, was, wasn't was believing themselves. I'm having my coffee in a capsule, etc. And then year on year, they're introducing new flavors. And now they're introducing a whole new range of capsules that it's giving a different ML based on your consumption. 400 ML, 200 ML, 150 ML. Mm -hmm. 
events. So reading your data is something that is very crucial. Second thing, how agile you are as a company. So are you ready to react fast to the changes required in the market or not? And whether, for example, you introduced a kind of a new variant, it's not working, you will take it out of the market and introduce a new one that will perform even better. So it depends on the agility of the company. And by agility, I mean, of course, production, uh, networking, supply chain, distribution, and specifically management, of course, if they're so agile, taking quick and fast decisions. So I know that we're limited on budget nowadays and all the companies are facing issues within the budget. Of course, it's something normal. But it depends how your team is well prepared to crunch data and get the best out of that. So the decision making is, again, very agile and you're getting the best out of the data you're having on hand. Whatever it is, is it sell out, is it uh, surveys, for example, from the shoppers, from the consumers, etc. And how you react to this. So totally agree, of course, it's a very challenging part of the business. Thank you, Mohammed. I will jump into the next, not question, not next question, but LinkedIn user. This is not the first time that my name is appearing. <laughs> I'm not sure why. So I will catch you after this uh, call and I will check why it's happening because I think that there is something in the restream or StreamYard. I will catch you after this call. So our the next question is from our friend Mohammed Malni also. He's asking one point about innovations, which is the showcase of a great teamwork among most of the departments in the company. Of course, specifically in the FMCG world, i.e. marketing, sales, supply chain, finance, trade marketing, and purchasing for the case of negotiation. I will try to catch it. In the case of negotiation, uh, do you agree? Yeah, I totally agree. Actually, and again, as we said, that in the planning phase or in the brainstorming or in the application or starting the production, etc., we should be all gathering together on the same table because you think uh, that's something that myself I will even do internally in a certain company. You should be challenging each other, not in a negative way that will show stuff. We should be challenging each other. Me as a finance, I should be putting the right financial modeling for the innovation. I should be right putting the right financial uh, modeling for the relaunch and challenge my trade marketing partner, challenge my sales partner. This kind of challenge will help us even brainstorm better, put all the issues on the table and help each other to land the innovation successfully on channel. Because if I if I don't do my job, if I don't challenge the right way, of course, I can go simply and approve or I can go simply and reject. So I can lose a very big opportunity in marketing. Or I can simply accept an innovation that it might be failing later on and the ROI of the margin is not coming. So this kind of a round table when we sit all together, everyone is doing his job, but we should be challenging each other in order to get the best results for a certain launch or a certain innovation. So totally agree on this statement. Yeah, 7% because I believe it's all about the maturity of the organization. Because if you come back that uh, I would say everyone is working on his own silo, and they think that everyone is Ferrari on his silo. Uh, at the end of the day, what will happen is that uh, you will have a mislink in the innovation itself because you have to sit all together in one table, as you said, Mohammed. Uh, marketing, sales, supply chain, finance, trade marketing, and purchasing, as you said, it's all about sitting on one table, negotiating, and uh, sometimes even uh, the maturity of the organization, they put the customer, they have a voice of the customer. They sit on yeah, the same yeah. table and speak whatever. This is VOC, I would say. And some also organizations, they, they are very mature to an extent that they embed their SRM, which is supplier relationship management, on the same table to have a very liable products and very easy one. So they even connect the ecosystem, the supply chain, along with the, with the all functions in the organization itself. So they can make sure that innovation is landing on time and full in the right way. Yes, I will jump into the next uh, question. Our friend Muhammad Al-Fil, he is saying that I think the main part that will land the innovation smoothly and bring consistency, it's about market survey and consumer spend and market capacity at all marketing tools, putting um, a customer in heart while thinking about new market disturbance, then managing our... I will move again. Then, then managing our PNL marketing activities accordingly. Yeah, this is exactly Muhammad. I believe. Yeah, it, it, you have nailed it because I, I personally, I will tell you, 
from an experience and I've made I, re I read many articles on that point if you will see that most innovations are failed not uh, because of supply chain challenges or every uh, or many challenges out out of that but because of their pricing and their laser focus and uh, if if you will see that in the development stage especially if you are not uh, building the right focus on the innovation itself and you're trying to maneuver uh, whatever the volumes and uh, the values and uh, try, trying to overcome all the market insights as as you said market capacity just to manage the pnl i'm telling you you most organization will go into a closed corner which is which should which shouldn't happen and I, I believe that success rate that we spoke about it's an evidence on that so uh, it's all about how you would position the right price versus the right value and how you will be able to convey the value this is the most important thing i believe from my point of view if you want to add anything muhammad sure please go ahead of course i totally agree on uh, all what you said it's a very important uh, totally thank you so muhammad uh, i have one question in my mind how to monitor the innovation performance yeah <laughs> so it's a <laughs> it's a very crucial question actually and it's a very important at the same time so um, it's a kind of different kind of uh, performance uh, reviews again for my point of view you should not be giving the same or the kind of attention you're giving to the core to the innovation actually to the innovation you should be giving more yeah. so you should be looking it depends on the kind of innovation you're introducing of course so you're doing a monthly cycle a bi-weekly cycle a quarterly cycle which is getting more focused than the core first of all because you should be having a solid core that is already running in market but i should be monitoring the innovation given the more focus in it whenever i'm setting for example an snop meetings etc but how to monitor as we said looking at the data from market so again the data will be built on a maybe a longer time span like three six or one year uh, kind of time span mm -hmm. but look at the data how the innovation is performing first of all versus our internal plans because we had an ambition of course are we meeting this ambition or not that's the first thing mm -hmm. second thing versus competition if we're having a competition in this variant of competition in this sq we should be looking versus competition and again versus the ambition our internal ambition should be looking at the numbers am i achieving for example the internal kind of sales to the customers like sell in am i achieving the margin that i was desiring am i having the same kind of uh, production cost that i was planning or i'm having higher production cost to fulfill active mm. demand having an issue on the raw material packaging material did i do something wrong with the forecast etc etc so i should be looking again versus market how market is reacting as a sell out as consumers maybe through surveys and through data versus competition on shelf and internally versus ambition and versus the plan p and l i had from margin and compliance yeah uh I, I like what you said because it's all about the focus and that's why our global S and OP community called S and OP. So what I mean here that uh, if the innovations uh, by default innovation as we spoke about it, it's uh, it will be started at the tail of your category. And if you don't bring the laser focus for innovation, especially in the, I would say, the executive S and OP discussion, it should be have a specific agendas for the, the launched innovations after post. Post the innovation, what, what happened? And the, the benchmark on that point, what, will, what was the business case? And what was, I would say, from a channel uh, perspective performance, from, uh, I would say, looking at the top line sales and bottom line sales, looking at margin and profitability at the same point, looking at down-shelf availability, because this is one of the things that you have to, looking at the progress of listing uh, for, for the committed customers and why, if there is any variance in listing, what happened. So all of these kind of discussions should be, the quality quality of this discussion should be embedded inside the agenda of executive S&OP if they want to have an innovative discussion and if they want to have a sustainability for innovations. Because again, uh, just looking at the big fish will not serve you, you will not be innovative. Uh, by default, again, innovation, it's a small fish. If you don't bring your microscope and keep the laser focus on it, it will vanish. Uh, it's all about the leadership. All about the leadership. Yeah. Okay. Hamad, I think time is flying high, high, high. So. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so uh, I will ask you, uh, I believe that, that it will be the last question. Uh, how to build a financial forecast for the innovation and model for it? So uh, I will make it as quick as possible, of course, because it's a very long discussion as a topic by itself. <laughs> so how to create the financial model for, first of all, what I want to do in market, because again, I'm positioning the product in a certain manner, in a certain way, and I start forecasting the demand in market, maybe based on different kind of data, like, for example, different innovations I introduced uh, before, like uh, competition is doing the same innovation in a different market. I'm having a, a, a similar kind of uh, product in my current market, etc., etc. So we're having a lot of inputs you can look at, a lot of data that we can crunch in order to, first of all, look at the space we want to tackle and what is the demand. That's my very first point. Mm. And again, how to fulfill this demand? So I'm looking, for example, this is the top line I will be selling to the customers. This is how the customers will be selling to the consumers, etc., etc. And how I will be eating part of the share of the market that is currently operating. And again, costing this kind of product that I'm selling. Again, it starts with the R&D. Of course, the R&D in the beginning will be a very big kind of money that I'm investing if it's a wholly new product introduced in the market. So it's a very big cost in the beginning. And, and then we'll start on reducing and actualizing bit on bit when they start to pick up in the, in the upcoming years. Comes the product cost. How am I producing this product? Either through in, in my factories, for example. So I'm looking at raw packaging material, etc or I'm, I'm getting the help or the services of a third party in order to produce this and then label it and then sell it to the distributor. And then I'm going back again to the commercial agreement with the customer, how I'll be selling this product in market. And then if later on in the, in the, in the future, I will be having some kind of minimal, from my point of view, I call it minimal because if I'm having a right innovation, I should not be promoting it because it's serving a loyal customer already. So I should not be promoting it. So getting all of this on the table, and again, as Madani, as I, as I remember, asked this question, we should be sitting all together and then do the right financial model. This is the volume, this is the cost, this is the R&D, those are the contracts, etc., etc., and put to one solid PNL. And guys, this is how the product will perform. This is how the innovation will get us on the margin uh, level. This is how I do the financial model. So put all the data. I'm starting from scratch. I'm starting for a z from a zero base, mm -hmm. and then everything complete. And some innovations are actually easier than this if I'm not introducing something new, because if it's already a variant that is already existing, I will be putting, for example, a different formula, a different essence, a different perfume, etc. So the cost of production will change slightly than the regular uh, product. But at the same time, I should be having data again to, to understand how the market, how the product will perform in the market. So this is broadly and briefly how I should be starting the financial modeling of an innovation. Thank you, Mohammed. I think we'll come back to the same question. I know that it should be the last question, but uh, I want to restress on that, which is the hunger point. I believe that it's something called the hunger point, which is the placement. Uh, what is your view when uh, a company that uh, uh, just launched a new innovation uh, in the marketplace and the shopper profile uh, for a specific channel it's totally different from a channel to channel and just decided based on this innovation i will list it into a lower channel which is i think that it's not they will place it into uh, the a wrong channel i would say not the, the shopper profile because we they have to bring a top line sales regardless what will happen what's your point of view in that point about the placement because it's a very important one so uh, if you're doing the wrong placement actually you lost the innovation before you even start as simple as that because when you're doing the innovation and you start the planning for it you want to tackle a certain segment in market so this segment you know you'll be getting for example from the pharmaceutical kind of channel from the modern trade kind of channel from the general trade etc so if you're in the initial planning you are not sure what is the channel you want to tackle mm. you're actually throwing your innovation by your own hand so the thing is that when it comes to placement even if it's a product that i will introduce on a national kind of base 
I should be channel specific when I'm introducing the product. So the modern trade, I will be putting the right banners in uh, in, uh, in store. I will be getting, for example, a whole page in the flyer, putting the new product, uh, the bottle, how it looks like, etc., etc. And again, as I told you, doing like a kind of big bang that everyone in store will know that X company is introducing a new product. When you go to pharmacy, for example, I will push the pharmacist on the cashier, for example, to push my product even more. If they're asking, for example, for a certain product to uh, for a personal use, whatever it is, but to be specific in this manner, how the pharmacist will push my product in order to introduce that X company is having a new uh, SKU and it's serving your purpose and it's actually fulfilling your demand. So I should be specific from the beginning what I want to tackle. And then when I decide, I should not be launching in the wrong channel because I'm destroying. Because, you know, each and every channel has different mechanics from price point of views, from positioning in store, etc. So I should be specific from the from the early beginning, even before launching the product. Yeah. So I believe coming back to, I think it's niche marketing, not a traditional marketing, because why I'm saying it's like a hunger point, because once the I would say innovation is working properly in a specific channel based on what you're doing. Uh, they they just shift the channel into to be generalized. This innovation to be listed across all the channels just That's to right. bring top line sales. But this you if if as you said that, that there is a price index for each channel, maybe you will have a price correction on that. So you will dilute the whole margin of the innovation and even the profitability. So placement, I think it's one of the most compelling and ignored. Table itself when you're listening to your customer sometimes a customer will come to you and say that you're selling this product in a different country in a different region i want it specifically for me only as exclusive for example product on my shelf actually you should be listening more to the customer because you might be performing better if you're exclusive in this customer rather than just launching it across the whole markets and whole channels so you should be listening again as you said uh, from like two three questions ago that the customer has a point of view and I should be listening. So it's very important to look at the exclusivity also of the products. Thank you, Mohammed, for these amazing insights. I think I will put the last comment from um, our co-host, Ahmad Al-Hamamsi. He's saying, great work, team. Mohammed Shaib, high values as usual. Ahmad Khaled, great host. By the way, Hamamsi should be uh, uh, attending today but there was some emergency so he was not able to attend so hopefully next next time he will be there Muhammad going back to our discussion I would like to thank you for your amazing insights and the great values that you dr drove it today uh, I personally I have learned a lot uh, from the discussion today based on the experience that you have in innovations and trade marketing marketing and even finance I would like to thank you for your valuable time Hopefully that we can catch uh, very soon in, in the near uh, future, inshallah. And I would like also to thank our lovely audience that, that they come today. Again, our audience, if you want anything related to innovations management, financials, anything, don't be hesitated to connect directly with Muhammad Shuhaib. I guarantee you that you will have the great values from this great leader. Thank you, Muhammad, for being here today. And we'll catch you later. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Have a great day. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to our Global SNOP community podcast. We hope that you have absorbed some values from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every week with the new episode. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.co or ahmedkhaled.co We believe that one word, one story or one conversation could transform your life. Stay tuned next week with a great thought leader in S&OP. Have a wonderful week ahead.